So yes. fantastic. So you said this is just audio, right? Because otherwise I'm going to go put on makeup. No, 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 no. This is just audio. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need the time I hear. <laughs> All right, then. So hello, everyone, and welcome to an audio version of your Informed Informers. We are all here with me within the social distancing guidelines. I've got with me Divya Pando, who is manager of our visitor information center at the airport. I've got Donatella Griffin, my very fantastic Italian <laughs> co-worker. Along with us also, we have the two crystals. We have Crystal P, who is also one of our lovely ladies at the airport. And of course, Crystal Alford, who is not so lovely, but we love her anyway. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> And uh, I do have the pleasure of introducing Miss Carol Thompson, who is uh, oh, so <laughs> <laughs> who is entirely beloved, and Miss Claudia Davis, of course, the forever uh, professor of our no. group. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm happy to see you all here, and of course, lamenting that some of our other co-workers could not join us but thank you guys for agreeing to do to doing this because let me just say uh, start by saying i've missed you guys even though y'all don't deserve it <laughs> thanks oh. thanks Graham. we love you too although you don't deserve it too <laughs> and so I, I would like to start this as a rapid fire kind of thing and we, we've only got well, about 30 more minutes left. So let's just go ahead and uh, I, I'd like to start by asking. So when did you all figure out this, what we are living today is something serious? Because, uh, you know, it, it all came crashing down somewhere between March, uh, between February and March. So, but, but I think we all acted a bit incredulously uh, towards it. So when did, any of you started to figure out, yeah, this is this is going to change everything. Would you like to start, Dee? Yeah, um, you, you know too well at the airport, we are open 365 days a year. And us having to close that desk, realization that indeed, indeed this is far bigger than what we all thought. It was for for the most part, everybody just says, and this is of course based on how um, we at the airport have talked about just going through CDC guidelines, and that's basically just all we can do. But having that impromptu decision, like to close out, and it's just not our desk like all other businesses, once you talk about affecting the economy in that fashion, then this is indeed something greater, far bigger than we all thought. So, plus, if it talks about not just in our nearest areas within the U.S., it's happening worldwide. And the trend is that most countries affected or greatly affected by it has also started doing the same, closing out entries and exits, closing out airports, stopping flights, 
no ins, no outs for some areas. This, this is bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ms. Carroll. Uh, well, as far as when it really hit me, the last day I worked out there at the airport was Thursday, March the 12th. And on the big TV screen beside the desk, they were airing the ACC basketball tournament. And in the middle of, of that afternoon, it was canceled. And shortly thereafter, the NCAA tournament was entirely canceled. That seems, in the bigger scheme of things, kind of trivial. We're talking about sports. It's just entertainment on the side. But that signaled to me that this was something really serious on a big scale. I think it was about a week later, uh, D, I believe, that the desk closed. But the, uh, the fact that that was uh, because of the massive amount of money it generates for each of the schools, that's when I thought yeah, this was something, a really big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Crystal P. I definitely think that the chatter started when the incidences in Washington State started happening at the nursing home. Yeah. It really brought attention that this is not just a faraway disease, that it's gradually coming into the U.S. Yes. And my daughter had a dance competition that weekend. I think that this, that's the, the weekend before we closed the desk. And a lot of parents um, began sending emails about being concerned about being around large amounts of people. And at that point, I started to realize that, wow, this is really about to take over. I think the same weekend they made an announcement to close our local schools. I think the upstate and some of the western schools have started to close out. North Carolina had made their decision kind of last minute from the governor. Yeah. So at that point, I realized that this is really about to take off at this point. Yeah. And we have to start getting prepared. <laughs> And, I, and of course, Donatella, I'd like to hear your take because I know that long before we started taking things seriously, your you know, country of birth was already being tremendously affected. So was, was that a, a telling sign for you or did you still think, did you think like many of us that it was still a faraway thing that probably wasn't going to affect us? Unfortunately, um, I heard from my family and they told me everything that was happening and it was more accurate than the TV, than the American TV. So I knew it was going to be so bad, but uh, I'm positive because I think it's going to be good. They're doing good here in the States. So they copy and paste what happening around the world and it's good. I'm positive. Right. Okay. Uh, Crystal. Uh, for me, when the when they first, like Crystal, he was saying before, you kind of saw this as an you know out in the world, you know the other side of the uh, the other side of the world issue, just like Ebola was. Like, oh man, that's terrible what they're dealing with in Africa, right, Ebola. Right, but right. yeah, so it went from China to Italy and then other countries, and then they started you know saying that there were cases in the U.S. and that number got higher and higher and higher. So I, I have asthma. So I got a little worried early on because both of my jobs are jobs where you're like front desk and you're in direct contact with people. And, you know, I wasn't sure what to do. And they're both hourly positions. So I was really worried about my livelihood because, you know, would I be able to wear a mask? Would I not be able to wear a mask? whether or not I could go when I just happened to have gotten the flu 
the week before my day job. Right. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So when my day job closed down, I thought, and and then when the sports shut down, that's something, you know, something like sports is one of those million dollar, multi-million dollar businesses that they don't shut down very quickly. Not really, no. You know, so <laughs> that's, that's when I knew, oh, this is, this is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Miss Claudia. Yes, I was working it with uh, Donatella on that Sunday when they closed down in, in Italy. And so I started paying a whole lot of attention to that because uh, we were supposed to be going on a trip. Oh. And so this affected us in a whole lot of ways. Ooh. And then I would come home and turn on the uh, computer and I was looking at what the CDC was saying about it. And also, it began to get a little bit scary for me. And I kind of let it ride for a while. And then I realized that uh, maybe we should really consider canceling the trip that we had planned to go there. Mm -hmm. So this is what happened to me. I, I had to take it really serious. And I was able to, in time, to get my money back. Well, so I'm glad to hear that because I know that a lot of people didn't get their money back. They got the the trip got pushed pushed up or whatever but you know some companies weren't willing to give money back and i think a lot of people have money out there that they don't even know when that trip is going to happen is it right well we were scheduled to go on norwegian and so when we called them they had made the reservations the flight reservations and everything but when we called them we didn't have any trouble whatsoever so they really acted, but it took just about uh, 30 days to get our re get refunded. That's that's a good thing. So I, I guess for me, it was because I work in you know my my other job is healthcare, and I I always thought there's no way we're gonna close because we are healthcare. So I I saw it from this point of view of we're gonna act fast. And whatever is happening out there is going to get controlled, right? So at the point, at that point, I think co coinciding with Crystal P, all the news we were getting, all the bad news we were getting was about Washington State. And I'm like, yeah, so it's out west. By the time it tried to make, to make its way out here, it's contained and life will go on as usual. When I took it seriously was one night I was watching the news and they talked about someone in California who had not been in contact with anybody, who had not traveled. So it was the first time that they knew of a case that was based on community spread. And I'm like, if you don't even have to be in contact with someone who has already been infected for this thing to hit you, this is serious. And then about a week later, boom, the airport decided to shut down, which is when I decided, okay, this is not even, this is, this is catastrophic. This is on a catastrophic level because this is the airport we're talking about. Like we, we shut down, we shut down for what, an hour for a meeting. <laughs> and we come back, when we come back, it's like the world stopped for a moment. So that was it for me. But okay, so now that we've we've talked about when we saw it coming, I'd like to go on and talk about our expectations because a lot of us, some of us, have continued to work normally, as, uh, uh, 
you know, based on whatever industry we are, Crystal P, you are a counselor, uh, correct? A, what do you call your job again? Social worker. A social worker. <laughs> and so that obviously is is essential work in, in that in that respect. I work in the healthcare field, and Mary, on the other hand, and, and so well, some of us have not gone through the pains of quarantine, the idea of staying home, and be basically idle because there's things to do at home. But we don't spend that much time at home. We don't. Usually we don't. So how has that been for you guys? How, how, how did that, and feel free to, you know, to put it out there in what way it affected you because this has not been my experience. Although I had to stay home for like three days consecutively, but it hasn't been my experience, but I know that a lot of people had a hard time. So how, how was it for you guys? Who, who'd like to start? Okay, I guess I'll start. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in my case, I am just lucky enough to have that personality of happy just being home and equally just as happy when I'm outside um, the four corners of where I live. The adjustment, though, is difficult for me more on the fact that the normal things that I do, like the meetings that I have to do that concerns my responsibility, will no longer be there. And it's, it's honestly more difficult, especially the first few weeks we're in, you have to set up meetings virtually and all that. But my biggest, but my biggest challenge when we started closing is how do I keep the staff still engaged and how do I check on them? Like, because it's been a challenge, like having to adjust myself and having to um, see how you guys are doing. And I honestly feel that I haven't been that 100% good at checking on every one of you. Like just those emails, there's just so many things on it. But um, on top of that, though, like I said, I'm just lucky to be happy just being home. And I really tried my very best to make it work for me. I have to tell myself, this doesn't happen every day. Although at some point I, I told myself, hey D, you've just reminded yourself that yesterday and it's happening again today. So I I've always have this mentality that when I am faced in a stressful situation, right, where I don't think I can handle anything anymore. I just try my. Uh, I just try to like do it and tell myself, remind myself, this doesn't happen every day. Deep, look at what you can actually learn from this. It might help you eventually. I don't know. Hopefully, I don't get to make use of whatever I have learned from this experience ever again in this lifetime. But it's 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 been tough. It's been tough. Just just having to, like, do the normal things we do. And you know me, I like to travel. And that was taken away from me. Like, I was tagged by one of my friends on Facebook, like, a 15-day posting of travels with no, like, just one of the games that they do. And I didn't want to do that, all just because it makes me feel bad. Like, 
okay, do I need to relieve this experience now that I can't even really step out? So it's it's been a challenge, but I finally got to terms with myself two weeks, two, three weeks later after being quarantined, wherein I just had to tell myself, D, start looking at what needs to be done and just make it work. Hopefully that worked, did it? It 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 does somehow. <laughs> <laughs> did I tell you? So uh, you've got teenagers <laughs> like here. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want to start from that. <laughs> I don't have my me time, of course. I need my three days to get out. I want to get out of the house, but I can't. <laughs> But I bake a lot. I learned how to make New York cheesecake. Ooh. And tortillas. <laughs> we'll get Everything some of that soon, right? In my house, even my butt. It's insane, though. It's real. Because the first two, three weeks, it was okay. But now it's getting frustrating mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm always having a dog, a husband, two kids. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I, need to work. I like how she includes the husband there. Like, yeah, that one too. <laughs> no, no, my husband has a good attitude because he has a lot of hobbies. Right, I do not have hobbies. I don't care about hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> so you see me, and I'm supposed to do a lot of things in the house. I got a ton of projects, you know, putting up the garage stuff like that. I'm being. I said, I'm going to do the last week that when they told me, hey, you can come back to work. The last week I'm going <laughs> to do everything I'm supposed to do in two months. I also, yeah. That's one of the things I realized is that like when we are working and active, we make those chores that we have to do at home. We, we think it's so much. And yet in this time, uh, like, oh, okay, I'm done now. What do I do next? Because, like, it was everything you could do, do so quickly. No, no, no. It's not like that for me. It's a, I'm going to do later. Yeah, later. Procrastinating, huh? Procrastinate. Usually I don't do that because yeah. I got my days, you know, when I'm home, I do this, this, and this. But now I got so much time, I say, hey, I can do later. So, basically, don't tell <laughs> you haven't done the damn thing. <laughs> 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 All right, Miss Carol. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I didn't use my time productively. Miss <laughs> Carol. All you guys know, I'm, I'm retired. Um, oh, you and that's know. one of the things that was warned to me about in retirement to, you know, that's easier to procrastinate because you have time. But back to the, uh, as far as how I'm dealing with it, I like you a little bit, D, I've, I've reinforced the, that I know that I'm an introvert as far as being able to be alone. <laughs> and find things to do. Um, I realized today, I listened to my online church service and uh, they were talking about in Uptown Charlotte that the shelters are full and there's a bit of a tent city now developing. And so I'm very keenly aware that while I'm grateful for my blessings, this is impacting people in a, you know, socioeconomic racial divide just like everything else in our country um you know where it may not be quite as much of a a struggle for me there are people that this is this is just devastating and and i know that 
So I try to be mindful of that and, and doing what I can in my own ways to reach out and and, and help. But yeah, personally, I'm I'm coping, and I'm I'm grateful that I have that coping mechanism. Fantastic, Crystal P. I think at first it's kind of like a snow day where you're excited because you know you don't have to go to work. That is kind true. Of it's like that initial That's a good snow day. You know, when you're a kid, you know, you miss school for a couple of days, you get to eat snacks, you get to kind of live outside of your normal routine. But like Ms. Chris said, you know, there are people who do live in hotels. I see both sides of my job. So I tell my daughter, you can never be bored at home. Please do not come to my room and tell me that you're bored. You have Wi-Fi, <laughs> you have free food, you have a trampoline. Like, don't come to my room and tell me that you're bored. Don't be coming with that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Never be bored when you can go to your refrigerator and come on your TV and talk on your cell phone and lay in your bed and listen to music. So I just think that it makes you appreciate life. Like you have to stop and smell the roses. Unfortunately, it's making a stop within this crisis, but it makes you appreciate the things that you work hard for. Like you said, we don't. I don't get to sit at home and just watch TV often. I, I never hardly watch Netflix and TV shows and. It would take me like like a year to get through a Netflix series. (laughs) Sit down and watch a whole, you know, a whole series. I just never had the time. So it doesn't. It makes to me. It makes you appreciate what you have in life. It makes you appreciate, you know, family. There are people who are losing people who are in the hospital who can't have a loved one by their side. You know, it just makes you really stop and look at what's really important to you at this moment in time. That's true. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. yeah. Miss Claudia. Well, this is the first time in my life that I've spent this much time at home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's nice to be here. I live out and uh, I like walking and I can just walk around and, and be outside. And I also get a chance when the weather is good, I can probably help my husband in motor grice something that we have to work in between the rain but still this has been an experience because he would always drive us to different places and that kind of lets you know that you can't go all around the different places that you've been used to going before but I'm making it I, I enjoy being around the house here and we've had lots of things that happen that cause us to be a little bit sad but still, uh, I enjoy being here at the house. And uh, I enjoy walking around and seeing the animals and just being outside, riding a bicycle and that kind of thing, walking. And I, I, I'm working on some puzzles. I, uh, I have quite a few that I've worked on since I've been here. And I try to do the ones that places that I've visited before. But I did one puzzle. It took me so long because the little piece <laughs> The puzzle were no bigger than my fingernail. And then um, I get ready and try to put one together, the other one would bump up on the other side. So I have to get tape to kind of hold it together. So that's what I'm doing now. But it's also a, a sadness to, about what is going on. And I really feel sad because it affects so many of us. And uh, I just hope that, uh, that they'll find a vaccine or something that will help all of us. We can't go back and change what has happened, but maybe if they do find something, we can move forward. Very well. Crystal Alford. Mm-hmm. 
So it actually is a combination of things. They're like Carol, I am kind of an introvert, introvert, and I'm one of those people who's on Pinterest all of the time and, you know, chooses different projects. And there are so many projects that over the past couple of years I've started and stopped because of time constraints. Being that I have two jobs, when I'm done, especially like I have one full day off and on that full day off, I pretty much just want to vegetate. So when the lockdown happened, I thought, okay, how do I, I, I spent, the, spent the first two days, you know, two a week being a slug, watching TV, eating lots and lots and lots of snacks and swelling up a bit and <laughs> decided to try to, you know, make this into a positive situation. So yeah, I've just been completing my Pinterest task and all of the things that I've had that I've put off for all of this time. So that's lots and lots of projects. I've been doing that. But so yeah, but I'm also actually my day job has us has me working from home. It's not really huge what I'm doing, but I'm still on the clock during the day, like Monday through Friday. But you know, it's it's not so bad. But I was expecting this whole time leading up to the lockdown, I was expecting this settlement check for a wreck that I had in October. And, you know, when you're expecting, you know, a big portion of money, you start dreaming on it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I was saying, you know, I'm going to travel to this place. Oh, wait, no, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. And then, you know, even if, Whenever, you know, I know that they're starting, we're in phase two right now, reopening the state, but even at that, what I want to, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll feel comfortable for quite a while. And, you know, to try to get on an airplane, it's, it's just the, the idea of being, everyone being trapped up into this small space, breathing each other's air, and you don't know who, you know, who may or may not have it, who's asymptomatic and who's not, it, it's a, a scary um, prospect. but. But just like with Claudia, I'm on, my family and I text message each other every day. And, you know, we keep, you know, as far as, you know, whatever free time we have, we'll send each other pictures of what projects we finished or whatever. And it's funny, you know, send each other's memes to keep our spirits up. But then you'll get a sobering text like, you know, my friend Najima lost her aunt on Monday to COVID-19 and then her grandmother on Thursday. You know, that's, that's a lot. And, and you, you can't, you know, you, it's trying to figure out how are you going to say goodbye to them? You can't go and hug each other yeah. like you normally yeah. would. You the, the, they had to do just straight up graveside services. I've heard that some funeral homes were doing like virtual services like zoom services that's yeah so that's the other end of that spectrum so we we are about to lose connection so again as d sent a message saying if we when we lose connection just click on uh, that link again and then uh, we'll we'll reconnect because i i think we have less than one minute but um Mm -hmm. i wanted to touch on that that's that that was going to be the next issue that I wanted to touch on. I wanted to ask, like, to, you know, to what degree have, have you seen this on a personal level? My wife is from New York, so obviously the bulk of her family is in New York. So, you know, niece, nephew, 
brother, sister-in-law, and uh, everybody is, is there. And while the family directly has not been affected uh, that we know of, but um, our little niece, Ariana's best friend, who was born on the same day, same hospital as Ariana, uh, lost both of his grandparents, like in a matter of hours from each other. And the crazy thing is that, you know, for a family that is, you know, very united, people that you will find always in the same place, whenever there was a party, everybody was there, you know, no one could be there. And for the funeral, they had to do a drive-by. And um, I think they only allowed five people to to assist and obviously six feet from each other. And, you know, it, it got me thinking. Again, I've been thinking a lot about the beginning of this year, all the projects, all the things that we thought this year will bring to us that we were going to achieve through this year. And as a matter of fact, I remember at some point just being done with 2019. 2019 has been horrible. <laughs> you know, 2019 has been horrible. I'm ready for 2020, blah, 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 blah. But then it just turns out that 2020 started on a roll. You know. <laughs> so... You know, I was looking forward, for instance, to taking my son to Spain to start his, you know, young soccer career. That has been pushed uh, from August to September. And who knows if it's ever going to happen? Because as a matter of fact, leagues have been suspended and nobody knows when those leagues are, leagues are going to come back. And even if they were to come back, I now have a thing where I'm not going to send my only kid to Spain, where this thing was so bad, you know. Uh, so it's it's all that. So talk to me about how how how, how this whole thing has been on a personal level to each one of you, whoever wants to start. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Graham, I'll I'll start. You know, again, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know anybody directly. Uh, you know, I feel uh, on the one hand immensely grateful how well I'm doing, but also aware that I almost feel like I want to apologize because I think, again, it's part of society, perhaps, that it has not impacted me uh, directly. Does that make sense to everyone? If you understand what right. I'm trying to say, I, I'm aware of it every day in the news. I, I, I know, uh, but I don't have anyone in, in particular or, or personally, I should say that I know that's with it or have diagnosis. Right. Donatella. Um, you know, I'm lucky too, because I was no, none of my friends and my family being packed. They've been good at home and nobody that I know died, luckily. I have a problem with my son because in March, he's supposed to start a, a test to be, uh, it's a special needs case, so he's supposed to start 10 weeks. And of course, he's going to be pushed next year. And so he's going to be stay home one year home doing nothing, you know, oh, just wow. uh, play and because he cannot go nowhere. And because he's a Down syndrome, I don't want nobody next to him because right. I'm scared that he can get something because he's weaker 
and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm also scared for Josephine to go back to school if they reopen in September a little bit. Yeah. Because if she comes home with something, I'm scared for her, first of all, and for the brother. I don't think yeah. about me or my husband, but I'm thinking about the kids, something happened. I, I'm a little bit scared about that. Yeah. So Understandably. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Um, we hope they don't reopen the school in, in September. Or if they do, they're going to do like they do in Italy right now. Uh, three day, uh, one week, uh, people stay home three days. So they do online. And the other people, they go to school. And then for two days, they go to school and blah, blah, blah. So it's going to be alternate. They're going to be classed instead of 25 people, 10 people. Yeah. Uh, that's what I hope they're going to do. They hope they're going to do. But I'm very scared about if they reopen in September, like nothing happened. Uh, I'm thinking about alternative uh, choices. Mm, yeah. Like I say, I don't feel, for my daughter, I don't want to put her, I don't care if she's going to miss her year. I, I don't. I don't care right now. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know I know for me that my grandmother does live with me. She's 81. So I do have to go out every, mostly every day, maybe every two days for work. So I'm very conscious about what I'm touching, how close I am to people, social distancing. So that just really makes it scary for me because I don't want to bring anything home to my grandmother. She's not been at the house in about what three months now because of her age and her health issues yeah. but it's you know it's scary to think that you can bring it home be asymptomatic for five days not even know it and spread it to your loved one and then i also feel bad for the young people this generation that's graduating this year the high schoolers you know it's kind of bittersweet to think that you went to school every day for 12 or 13 years or whatever and you can't rejoice and be celebrated in that moment you can't get this moment back i know it seems trivial but you know we all can remember graduating from high school and how that felt even from college also you know just those bittersweet moments that you can't really ever relive it will never be the same i feel you know sympathy and empathy for those for those kind of situations also yeah yeah that, right. that's tough that's tough the whole yeah. the whole idea of you know uh, I've put in all this work and, you know, the reward yeah. was a, a big ass graduation <laughs> and not right. have that. But on the other hand, they all got a, a, some nice speech from President Obama, and, you know, a whole lot of. There's another, another thing that you can learn from Europe, but we don't have those kind of things. Honestly, personally, like my cousin was diagnosed with COVID. Oh, and he was, yeah, he was in the hospital for a good over two weeks, all just because, and we never really knew about it until his friend told me about it. He lives in Dubai and nobody is with him in the family. And we have to make sure that my mom does not know about it. Um, we have a family group chat and we have to keep it away from my mom all just because we fear that it might spike her blood pressure and that would be yeah. worse because it was a double double whammy actually for the family because aside from us just having to wait for feedback from my cousin's friend 
I mean, it kills you not knowing what's happening to him, um, who's caring for him properly. Um, and we don't have a way of communicating to him because he, he was, he was intubated. So, uh, I mean, he, he can't even say anything. And he's just a few years older than I am. He's, he's 48. And that kills us. And then the second issue was the fact that the very first COVID cases from in our city actually originated from the village where we're from. And the village, um, I don't know if I was able to share this, I think, with Miss Carol or, or Ms. Bev, I can't remember whom I shared this with, but they did a total lockdown of our village, like meaning nobody can come in, nobody can come out. Wow. And that was tough, not, I mean, thinking like, okay, what is my family going to eat? They can't go to the market. Like, how how is it going to be? And I have both like a 74, 75-year-old parents with my son. I mean, he's 20, but I mean, there's really nothing much that he can do if, I mean, if this goes haywire. And um, the one that had the COVID, that so-called, I mean, carrier of that one originally came from Spain. And he, uh, she came home to get married. But when she came home, I mean, she did not self-isolate for the 14, uh, for 14 days. As she came in, she went out to throw a party because she was getting married. Oh, God. And so it kind of like trickled down to the fact that it infected her her mother, her fiance, and everybody was just like not wanting to be around the family. We we're just lucky that they live a little bit far from where from where the house is, our house is, but it's it's been tough. I had to make phone calls every so often, trying to figure out what's happening to my cousin, um, what's happening to my family. So it's, it's, been, it's been really rough, but we got through it. Finally, at some point, my cousin's friend called us and said he's, he's getting ready to get out of the hospital in the next day or two. So as soon as he got home, he was able to go on FaceTime and we finally got to see him. Um, mm -hmm. He was he was still a little bit weak, but I mean, just knowing the fact that that was his second lease in life was, was something that we were thankful for. And that with my parents, I mean, it, it just pains you that you can't do anything. And you all were right earlier. Like much as you wanted to be there for your family, there's just really no way. <laughs> and you just have to trust that everything will be all right, but have that same positivity in you. And of course, like having to pray that, I mean, everybody in your family gets to cope with whatever is happening. But it's been tough. My, my family was in total lockdown for three weeks. That was, that was pretty bad. So the way, I'm just lucky that my, the, my brother who comes after me lives 10 minutes away, but I would normally just call him and like, okay, I'm sending you money in the bank since you have market days for your village. 
um, because not everybody's allowed to go to the market. Every village would have their days to go to the market. And buy this for mom and dad, and then my my dad will just have to meet him at the checkpoint to get the grocery bags. So right. that was that was pretty rough. But they made it. They're they're doing good right now and hopefully it stays that way. No second wave. Wow. That's, that's we uh, I personally was not aware of of how close to home this whole thing yeah. hit for you, D. Unfortunately it hit it hit me home twice over. <laughs> of course. Of course. All right. Somebody else. Miss Claudia, what you got? Oh, I was just going to say, even if you don't have the virus, we had a family member that was sick and had been, had suffered from uh, cancer for 12 years and was taken to the hospital. And we could not visit this person because of the virus that was around in different areas. And it was my brother-in-law. And he was buried last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we had the uh, funeral. I could not go inside. We stayed out in the car while they were having the funeral, and then he was taken to the cemetery. But he didn't have the virus, but it still affects everybody. If you have somebody in a hospital, you can't go into these areas because of the virus that takes place in the hospital. So we were saddened by that. The only thing I could do was to say on the telephone to him, that I love you before he died. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's just awful that you really can't visit. If someone gets sick, even without the virus, you can't go into the hospital. And it's a sad thing about it, too. So, um, so that's horrible. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for sharing. And, you know, Donatella said something that, that I, I think about all the time is because having personally to go both my wife and I to go every day in work and even though we wear a mask and gloves and stuff, uh, you know, we've got these 19 year old at home that for all we know has tried and done his best to stay safe. The idea that you might come home and transfer this thing to him is complete paranoia on a daily basis so it's you you know there's a bit of a of pride in the fact that we've been there we've been there for the people that need us that our imaging centers never needed to close down and if you needed any diagnostics we were there for you but also we know that we've been exposed and with the way that all of the protocols to get tested uh, it, uh, have gone, if you don't show certain specific symptoms, you can get tested. Neither of us know if we've been carried, if we've been asymptomatic, if none of that. And we come home every day and to basically resist having to hug your kid, having to you know, going to his room and have a talk with him and trying to take out everything, <laughs> take off everything and go throw it in the laundry as soon as you come home has been insane because it's just, 
you know, you you know what you signed up for, but you don't want you didn't sign up your family for that. And so that's the way it's been for us. And in that tenor, I'd like to ask you guys, where do you what are your expectations? The world that we are we we're left with right now. Because there have been pandemics before. This is not the first one, of course. But this definitely has done a number in this world, right? It it has done something that has marked this world. And even when we find a cure or a, a vaccine, there's something about the experience that we've just had that we are going through right now that will make us never be the same in in the world that we navigate the world of customer service the world of being the first faces of charlotte at the airport in a world where our smile is what tells people you are welcome charlotte how do you see this happening for us they are, we still can give the same customer service, of course, with some precautions. And the passengers and customers, they're supposed to understand. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be different, but still, we can give the great customer service. We don't have to hug each other or, you know, or touch or <laughs> to give a customer service. I mean, we're going we're gonna to be different also among our co-workers. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. miss having uh, having that hug from you, Donatella. I know, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <laughs> it's gonna be different, but it's gonna be still great, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, of course, we cannot stay there so so long with a customer no more, but uh, we still can provide a customer service, and the passenger will will understand. That's 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 the hope. That's hopefully that's 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 the case, right? I think people's gonna understand. Believe me, because uh, I don't see it right now. When I go to the supermarket here, I see I still see a lot of people not following the rules. But you know, yeah. in a few months they're gonna understand. They're gonna understand. We're gonna. I think we're gonna put in a, a safe environment. We can work. We're gonna give a great customer service. That's what I hope. Anybody as optimistic about people understanding as Donatella, <laughs> Crystal, Crystal? I was going. Okay, prior to lockdown, one of my jobs, we were encouraged not to wear masks. Right. And as I pointed out before, I have asthma, and that was one of the biggest fears for me because they were saying at that time they were saying the elderly and people with existing respiratory issues. So, um, and then you old, so there's that. That's it. Well, you know pretty well, Graham, we all three of us were born in the same year, right? Yeah, you're dragging all of us here. (laughs) Touche. My day job, my day job, um, for the listeners is at the front desk of a museum. And they have, since we've been in lockdown, put up a big like plastic shield like they do at the, you know, grocery store and everywhere else. I don't know whether or not they're planning on doing that at the airport, but I will say something that 
will be different. And I'm sorry, I'm going to have to condition myself on this. But before, when you would have people who would walk by or, or come to the desk that would just straight up sneeze or cough and not cover it up and they thought nothing of it, we would kind of, you know, you know, and then after they walk away, kind of look at each other like, oh, my God, can you believe that? Yeah. We, we become it, paranoid. <laughs> yeah, if they do that now, I'm going to have a much more visceral response. I'll probably say something to them. Yeah. And I, I know that's round upon D. I'm going to have to work on that, but I'm just being honest that I'll probably, you know, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that yesterday, me and my daughter went to Walmart and someone sneezed loudly. You would have thought it was a gunshot. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Looked at each other like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh no, it's time to go. Just from that, just from somebody sneezing. And it was just, we looked at each other like we done heard gunshots, like seriously. It was like, did somebody sneeze? Oh my God, let's go, it's time to go. It just automatically <laughs> made us both panic. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh God, we got to get out of this Walmart. We got to go, let's go, let's go. It just, it was, I'm telling you, it was like a gunshot. Seriously. Like, I, you would think that someone had started shooting in the Walmart because I was just so taken back by someone sneezing so loudly in the, in the aisle over from her. And I'm like, we have to get up out of here. It's time to go now. You, you know, you live, like, you know, you live in a world that has changed a lot when, you know, right now, a fart is more socially acceptable than a sneeze, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They say bless you because they're gonna look at you like what you also bless. <laughs> <laughs> but on another note, um, like honestly, the, these were the many things that I have like I was so torn about. Like before we actually closed out, like every time I get guidelines, it's like okay, what can we do? What are we allowed to do? And when you're being told something, a lot of times we have to be soldiers ourselves as supervisors. And I am just glad that at some point in time when I have been like pushing for like, okay, can we do this? Can we do masks? Can you can we do this? Um, and then I get different responses. That that was difficult. For me, like, because I, I mean, the biggest gem that I have on the job are you guys, like the staff that I have, and I cannot compromise you and your families because to me, you are family and you're not going to bring something to your family because you love them. But of course, a typical soldier would have to follow some guidelines and some processes and procedures. But I'm just so lucky that at some point in time, I got a little bit more clarity, um, although it took a little bit time. But like you said, it, it would definitely change. The only one thing that I believe would be always constant among us is that we will still be giving the kind of customer service and customer experience that we are expected to give a surrounding that is more of a way to care better for you guys. Um, and just letting you know, like last week, I, I, I went to the airport 
to do the measurements for the sneeze guards. Um, yes, and there would be return to work packets for you guys. We will be giving everybody a washable face mask that you can use as you return to work. It's been a little bit of a challenge with regard to finding those pocket sanitizers that we can put in in that return to work packet or kit that we're giving you. And so far, every chance I get that I can, because I've been looking for Clorox disinfectant and all that, like the one that has a trigger guard. And every chance that I get going to grocery stores and I see one, I get it. Like one or two, if that's all that we're allowed to go uh, do, I pick it up and save it for later use. Um, although um, CRBA will be giving us uh, cleaning materials too, but I don't know as to how much of an extent they're giving us. And I know that it would be, currently I've been trying to work on a standard return to work guidelines and protocols just for our team alone. At Visit Charlotte, when we had the meeting on Monday, break room, can't use the break room. I mean, you can use the break room, but not to converge with your teammates to sit down and eat. Um, and if you're trying to like say, probably the things that might change, we have coffee makers, we have shareable um, equipment and items. Before you use, clean it. After you use, you clean it. And it's, it's something that I would need everybody's cooperation because like I said, if we're family, we would be very cautious about giving our family members something that we would not want to give them, which is a sickness. So, And with regard to your question, whether things will change, yep, definitely some things will change. But I know that people are basically resilient and adaptable in a lot of ways. And we, we will. We will, not just individually, but as a team as well. Can I say something sure. about the bleach? I agree about the bleach, but it's also dangerous to inhale the bleach. Exactly. But there are uh, some on YouTube wherein you can kind of like tame out the smell. And that's just like... If push comes to shove and we would be out because everybody would be returning to work, most businesses and all businesses would need that. And if push comes to shove, I don't need to put it out for you to use. We still have the ones that we have. But as a backup, you just yeah. don't plan for a so-called plan A. You have to have at least a plan B. Um, for you and no. that we have um, um, talked about with Linda if push comes to show if we need to put this out we will but at least there's something that's on standby there for us to use and currently we've been doing our best to source out as much items cleaning items materials that we need no because my brother is working in retail and they don't use bleach because no. it hurt. And uh, but they use the, they uh, who wants to read the open the shop, they gotta have a machine, the ozono machine. Mm -hmm. They they use every uh, every shift, and it's no uh, um, I no poison. It's not poison. It's something. I, I, I actually personally have my own property for an ozone machine, and I yeah. I mean this was. Um, my second equipment from the hotel property that we 
that we had. So if push yeah. comes to shove, I can always bring that. Um, okay. That's the reason why I, I thought about like, okay, if push comes to shove, we can't find those um, Clorox wipes and um, sprayable items. This bleach we can use, dilute it a little bit in such a way that it at least gets to that guideline where it's not yeah. going to be something that will affect everybody because some people are sensitive and it, it, that's my case so i thought a little bit about this one but hey for you guys anything that you can think of in terms of how we can do better and operate as we return back to work i definitely would agree uh would appreciate that because i don't know all the answers and i also <laughs> saw an office in uh, not an office a uh, counter like ours in italy they should do the this documentary in Italy, uh, it was a counter like ours, but they made is removable, so it's not attached to the counter. But it's a threefold plastic, just to stay around us, like we in a little cubicle. But we can still hear people, and nothing comes to us. So it's a trifold. I might send you a, a link. It, I thought it was sure great. that would that would really help out yeah right so we've got one minute and 50 oh, seconds left and so let's let's oh, wow. uh, uh, let's just go ahead and, and wrap up um i'm glad that we were able to do this and of course mm -hmm. i'm saddened that many of our co-workers uh, weren't able to join us but here's the thing i i want to say here um when this whole thing started, and I've, I've personally observed uh, throughout this entire ordeal, the behavior of corporate America, and I have to say that personally, uh, for the most part, I am um, disappointed. But on the other hand, I know that we've said this, I am ever so proud that, at least as a part-time job, I work for CRVA, because we all know the way they've shown up for us. And this would have been definitely tougher times had it not been because they decided to be magnanimous and continue to pay us throughout this time. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm sure that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you all would agree with. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I want to thank you all for joining me. Thank and uh, I hope you like the sound of your voice on a podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Grant. It was great to I'm see ready. you guys. Yeah, and hopefully right. next time we can do more virtual lunches or dinner. And please have food. I have food. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wherein we don't need to just talk about work. We can just like talk about just about anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, if we do that, then no recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be no recording. <laughs>